Hello and welcome to A Journey of Clarity, a personal exploration of getting in tune with yourself and in tune with others with your host, Dr. Nathaniel Costilla. This is a journey of emotional and spiritual awareness, of discovery what life truly means, and a clear shift from an ego-driven world to a meaning-driven world. I believe we can become more in tune with our thoughts, our emotions and our spirituality. And as we do that, we will make better decisions, have deeper connections, more fulfillment and even more joy. This is a bit of clarity. Well, good day and welcome to episode 44. If you remember, uh, in the last episode we spoke about marriage and today we are going one step further and we are talking about parenting, the parenting relationship. Children, eh? Children, you can't beat them. It's illegal. So really, you have to live with them, you gotta love them, you gotta look after them, and uh, it's the most beautiful thing. In fact, there is no greater gift that you can receive on this earth than this ability to procreate, to make more of yourselves. So I really hope that you're embracing parenting and with the challenges that it brings, it's not that bad. It is beautiful. There's so much to be enjoyed. Even though it's hard work, it is beautiful. So let's talk about the parenting relationship today. We have show notes at eq.org.au and also in the links wherever you're watching or listening to this content. Understanding parenting. I hope you are a parent or, well, first of all, you are a child, which means you must have had a parent. Uh, so you understand it from that point of view as a kid, but now you probably are a parent yourself or maybe even a grandparent as you're listening to this or watching this. So uh, it's very important for us all because this relationship of parents, son, daughter is very, very important. Most adults will become parents at some time in their lives. Almost 90% of people are parents in the world or they've experienced parenthood in the world. So the probability of you becoming a parent is quite high if you are not a parent already. Parenting is the continual relationship of a parent and a child or parents and children that includes caring, teaching, leading, communicating and providing for the needs of a child consistently and unconditionally. So um, it's a commitment of the parent to care and love the child with consistency uh, for life. You know, you can't ditch your kids. Basically, you've got to provide for them some sort of love and care no matter what, even, not, even if they don't live with you, even if you don't pay their bills, of course, you know, they have to come up to live with themselves in a sense and to live within their means. But the care aspect, the love aspect, uh, the commitment to their journey is unconditional, it is lifelong, it is consistent, and it is full of love. All children are born good. They are altruistic and they have the desire to do the right things. Um, we say, oh, this kid was born. Well, no, most kids are born pretty good. You know, we, they become something in, 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 in time, you know, they're affected by peer pressure, by parents, by colleagues, by school, and they become evil along the path. But generally, they, they're born pretty with the possibility of doing the most wonderful things. So we shouldn't think that he was born evil, you know. 
we are born in sin, but we are not born uh, as sinners as per se. We make sins, we commit sins. So we are born with the potential to be the best possible version of human being. All of us, every single one of us, if we have the right nurturing and the right environment and the right upbringing. The objective of positive parenting is to teach discipline in our children in a way that builds a child's self-esteem and supports a mutually respectful parent-child relationship without breaking the child's spirit. So discipline is part of raising a child. You cannot raise a child without discipline. But there has to be a healthy balance in this positive parenting where you build up the relationship in a strong way, in a respectful way, in a values-driven way, in a love-driven way, without breaking the child's spirit, which is very, very important. And your commitment to this upbringing is essential. There is such thing as positive discipline. You probably, you know, most of the time we think, what, what should I do not to allow my kid to do this? Or what can I, how can I discipline my child? Well, there are positive ways in doing discipline. Negative discipline results in the four S's, uh, four R's, sorry, four R's. So negative discipline results in four R's. Resentment, when the kids resent you as a parent. Revenge, when they want to take it on you. Rebellion, when they walk away and they do things. And retreat, when they totally block uh, and they don't want to have to do anything with you. That is probably the last resource. But just know that negative discipline can trigger one of these and could be all of these or gradually one by one in a child. Resentment, revenge, rebellion and retreat. Positive discipline on the other hand has five major characteristics and they work for you. A positive discipline is both kind and firm. So it is kind for the child but it is firm. When you say something they need to know that you mean business. They need to know that dad, when dad speaks, things happen. When mom says it, it has to happen. So you don't have to yell at them. You don't have to scream at them on top of your voice. You don't have to bash them while you scream at them or push them or shove them. You got to be kind and you got to say to them, we do not behave this way in this household. Okay? Mom and dad do not do this or you do not do this, we don't do this, you know, but in a firm way. When you do that, you are not, um, let's say, displaying love, you are not displaying care, it shows that you don't respect property, so please don't do that anymore. We don't destroy property. And a lot of the times it's important to have this language which is inclusive, not just saying, you don't do that, we say, we don't do that, it's inclusive. You belong to this family, and we have higher values. Two, it promotes a child's sense of belonging and significance. As I said, the child needs to belong. You are part of this family. In this family, we don't yell. We play, but we don't scream at each other. You belong to this family. You are loved. You can come to mom, to dad, anytime. There's a role. There's, you're significant. You're loved. You're cherished. You're a gift of God to us. We love to have you in our family. We thank God for you. You are the apple of our eyes, just reaffirming the identity in the child. As a parent, 
especially dads, and I know, especially in Australia, we, we have a very fatherless society, and that hurts me. But we are the identity givers. We must understand how important it is for us to give identity to our children, to know that they are loved, to know that they are uh, cared for, to know that they are sons and daughters. You are my beloved son. You are my beloved daughter. You are my princess. You are everything to me. Just reiterating those, reaffirming those in the children are very, very important because they need to have a sense of belonging. They need to have a sense of significance. They need to have a sense of contribution to the family. Three, uh, positive discipline works long term. Uh, you know, punishment will work instantly. You know, you, you probably smack a child or you yell at the child. Instantly they may listen to you, but it is short-lived and you have to do it over and over again. So taking the time to, to positively discipline your child and speaking to them and coming down to their level and going through the process, which at times can be hard and lengthy, it sets them up for long-term benefit. It's a lot easier to just snap at them and to sort the problem there and then, but long-term that problem will still be there and you'll have to do that over and over again until you deal with that issue and you sort it out for good. So it's worth understanding that with positive discipline, it takes time, it takes energy, it takes intention to deal with the problem that they have at that time. Number three, positive discipline, it teaches valuable social and life skills. They learn to solve problems, they learn to be socially interactive, they learn to self-soothe if they go through problem, to, you know, to uh, self-govern uh, you know, themselves and to manage themselves a lot better. So they need to have these personal skills and also social skills to deal with themselves and to deal with other people in life. So you don't have to rescue them all the time. You can allow them to go through the hard yaka or the hard challenges of life in order so they can develop these skills. Positive discipline helps children develop a sense that they are capable individuals. They gotta start thinking for themselves. They gotta start testing things, they got to start developing skills, and they got to understand that they are a person, and they are capable, and there's no limit to what they can do. That's why positive discipline is very, very important. Now, I want to also address an important topic here at the parenting relationship, because a lot of the children out there that we have in our families are not uh, by themselves. They have brothers and sisters. And siblings' rivalry can be quite, quite uh, strong. And it happens when you have, you know, two or more children. There will always be tension. And addressing this is very, very important. Uh, knowing how to deal with this as parents is absolutely critical. Uh, I have four children. So for me, this is very, very important. Addressing siblings' rivalry. Number one. Are you ready for this? How do you address siblings' rivalry? Number one. Avoid labeling children. It only intensifies comparisons. So don't say, oh, he's, uh, he's not that fast uh, at sport, but he can be really good at maths. Oh, she's uh, great at arts, but she doesn't, she doesn't do maths very well. Or he's very loving, but she's more by herself. She's in her own world. Labeling uh, children creates more comparison, and then you categorize them putting limits on them. And then the other children will, will 
put the same labels all on them. And they'll say, oh, but you just don't care about this, or but you're not good at music, or you're not good at this. And they just start believing that for themselves, and that limit that was placed by the parent, by labeling them, becomes a reality. So basically, we are cursing our own children by labeling them. So be very, very careful. Children have unlimited potential. If they are nurtured and loved and directed, they can achieve great things. And also, they can work together with their brothers and sisters without needing to be labeled. Number two, arrange for attention. This is intentionally, so they don't have to fight for it. Make sure you intentionally set time aside for each of the children. Children need our attention. They need our attention as a group. They need our attention as individuals as well. So make sure as a parent you have time one-on-one -on -one with your child. Otherwise, they will start fighting for that attention. They will nag, they will cry, they will do silly things. They don't even know why they're doing it. It's because if he only gets a cuddle when he's punished, after he's punished, he'll want to be punished to get a cuddle. So do you know what I mean? Just make sure that you understand the cues in your children and arrange time for attention. Set time aside to spend time with each one of them one-on-one. -on -one. I know it's an effort and we are busy, but even 10 minutes one-on-one -on -one can mean the world to that child. So number three, prepare for peace by teaching and living peacefully. Prepare your children to live in peace with one another. First of all, you demonstrate that peace in the way you conduct your life with your husband, with your wife, and also with your children. If you live in peace with them, teach them to also live peacefully with one another as brothers and sisters, and also in society. Imagine if all of us did that, how much better this world would be. Number four, stay out of uh, squabbles, allowing them to work things out. So when they argue with each other, when there's a bit of a tension and even a fight, apart from the fact that it can get physical sometimes, but let them sort things out for themselves. Let them work things out. Don't get involved in every little nagging fight that they go through. Uh, teach them to sort themselves out and say, okay, you go sort it out. It's your brother, you know. You work it out between yourselves. Who plays first with that toy? Or who goes first? Or who drives first? Or who, who drives this time? So who sits in the front seat this time? You need to work it out between, between yourselves. So teach them to collaborate, to learn to uh, work with each other. Number five, calm the conflict if there's conflict and don't take sides. So don't favor a child in a conflict. Uh, allow them to state their view. Calm the situation, diffuse the situation. And then just say, look, guys, you've got to work it out and we've got to move on. Don't give uh, and say, oh, it's your fault leave her alone, or it's your fault, you know, don't play the blame game, because they play me, they, they, they're playing it a lot. So don't get sucked into their world to be driven by their emotion and to be taken into that blame game that they have. Oh, it's his fault. No, it's her fault. No, she started, he started. Doesn't matter. Just calm the situation and get them going. Number six, put them in the same boat. I know we don't like that. We like to be a judge but teaching them the benefit of getting along. Just say, look guys, your brothers and sisters, you gotta work this out, you know. Both brothers, you gotta sort it out. You're in the same house, you're in the same room, <laughs> you're in the same, this is the toys that we have, this is the desks that we have, this is the car that we have, this is the bike that we have. You gotta sort this out, guys, 
you're all, if if one suffers, we all suffer. If one if one succeeds, everybody succeeds. So make sure that you've got to work this out because if somebody gets punished or if there are there are consequences for misbehavior, everybody gets the same treatment. So they know that they need to look for each other and work things out. Now, you'll say, well, well, Nathaniel, thank you for that. We may, this may work with, with the kids while they're small, but what about teenagers? Do you have any tips for teenagers? So I'll put a little tip for teenagers down the bottom there as well. Tips for dealing with teenagers. Are you ready? Number one, be a role model. You know, we often say, do this, try not to do this. Our children will follow us in more ways than what we say to them, but, but, well, why, uh, but the way we live. So make sure you're a role model to follow. I know we, we've got the right intentions and we say the right things, but often our lifestyle doesn't match our words or what we're asking of them, we don't do ourselves. So make sure, first of all, that you live as a role model for your children. If you don't want your kids to smoke, you shouldn't smoke. If you don't want kids to take drugs, don't take drugs. If you don't want your kids to, uh, you know, have foul language, don't have foul language, you know. You, you be what your child should be as a teenager. So be a role model for them. You are responsible for that. Number two, know their friends. Don't just know about their friends. Get to know their friends. Get to know every friend that comes in their lives. You know, I interview a lot of people. I have another show where I interview people like Kingdom Stories from Down Under. And most of the people who have had drug issues, uh, addiction issues in their life, it all started with fear pressure when they were young. For most boys, started around the age of 12 to 14. For girls, sometimes earlier, sometimes later. But it started with friends, going out with friends, making friends, fear pressure, getting up to no good with friends. So get to know your child's or your teenager's uh, friends and get to know what they're thinking, spend time with them and see if they're a good fit for your children, for your teenagers. Number three, set boundaries. Um, even teenagers love boundaries. At least they know what they can, cannot do. And tell them, first of all, the non-negotiables. When you set boundaries, think of those things which are non-negotiable. Basically, you say, uh, these are the non-negotiable. Absolutely, no drugs, no smoking, no sex, etc. Know the non-negotiable, which are very, very important. Set them. And then there are those which are boundaries, which can be stretched a little bit. Uh, maybe time, let's say, normally it's 10 o'clock, but occasionally it can be 10.30. Whatever it is, that curfew, that lockdown time, whatever it is. But just know that those boundaries are very important for them because in the back of their mind, they work and it helps them stay within a safe boundary. The next one is communicate open. Uh, the young adults at the end of the day, you can communicate open, you can have a true discussion just about everything and anything. You initiate them, make sure that this starts early and talk to them just about anything. Always have an open channel of communication with your teenagers. Then be their source of information. So when they need, when they have questions about life, about important matters of life, make sure you have answer for, answers for them, or at least research answers for them. Let them come to you, let them ask questions. The more questions they ask, the better it is. Be their Google, don't let Google be their Google. You be their source of information, you be their source of truth. They need that in life. 
Also know their risk level of substance use. Just get to know your children, especially when they're teenagers, and see uh, what their risk is. Are they tempted by, you know, the use of alcohol, drugs, gambling, I don't know, women, whatever it is, men, the other way around. Um, look at the risk, look at their inclination, their temptation, look at their friends, look at, uh, an, uh, make an analysis of the risk and uh, try and see how you can help your teenage children in that area. Be supportive and above all, I wrote there, be their parent. Don't be their friend. People say, oh, it's time for, uh, I, me and my child are best friends. You're not there to be their friends. You're there to be their parent. They have enough friends. They've got friends at school. They've got friends on the street. They've got friends everywhere. They don't need more friends. They need parents. They need you to be their parent. Nobody can be their parent except you. So there's a myth in, in the last 20, 30 years, people say, oh, you know, parents must be the best friends of their children. Uh, that's, that's not a true reality. Parents must be the best parents of their children, not the best friends. Yes, there'll be times when you'll be friendly with them. There'll be time when you'll be their coach. There'll be time when you'll be their mentor. But above all, you are the parent. You are the dad and the mom, and you must take on this responsibility and be the best version of a mom and dad that they can be, that you can be for them. So make sure that they know this and say, look, I'm not your friend. They'll say, oh, mom, but my friend does this. You say, I'm not your friend. I'm your father. I'm your mom. They need to hear that over and over again. And then they say, oh, but such and such as mom allows them. But that's, that's their problem. That's, that's not, our family has different values. We have different values. I have a different understanding of life. I am your dad, I am your mom, I care for you, I love you, and that's why I'm doing this. So just bring them on the journey, but don't pass on this responsibility of parenthood to anybody else. It is yours and yours alone. So make sure that you step into that identity. Application. So, for those of you who have enjoyed this journey in the parenting relationship in this topic, identify and write down five specific action points from today's lesson that you will apply in your parenting. So look at the lesson from today and identify five specific action points that you will apply with your children if you're a parent. Whether they're teenagers or they're smaller children, what are five things that you learned today and how precisely you will apply these in your life. This is critical, don't just discard this and say, oh, that was a great teaching, uh, Nathaniel, thank you for that. I'll do the, the notes later on. You will not do them. And you've said that, you know, many times. Uh, I'll take notes later on. Go download the notes as soon as possible, eq.org.au, and um, make sure that you write these five things, specific things, and get traction. Apply them in your life. And look, parenting is such a beautiful responsibility. It can be difficult, but it's a massive opportunity and responsibility for us to make better people out there, and you will enjoy the fruit of your labor. If you teach your children well from when they're small to, to love, to be part of this beautiful fabric of society, to, to be conscious of their existence, that they were created by God in God's image, to pursue a noble call in this life and to bless others, and just give them the best identity that you can. You can. You're the identity giver as a parent, give them the strongest identity, help them become the best version of themselves, and let's make better people out there. Let's uh, change this world with our children, starting with our children in our household. 
And if you can do that, and I do that, this world will become a better place. I value you joining with us, and I'll see you next time. Take care. I'm Dr. Nathaniel Costilla, and I thank you so much for joining me on this journey of clarity through emotional and spiritual awareness. If you feel blessed by this presentation, please subscribe, rate, comment, and share it wherever you're enjoying it. And until next time, this was a bit of clarity.